You are now listening to In The Trench. Good morning. And welcome back to another episode of In The Trench. I believe this is episode number 19. Correct. Damn, we are into season two so far and it is going pretty awesome. It is, it sure is. Um, before we even start today's guests, I'm going to let Nicole pretty quickly go over the sponsors real quick, get that out of the way. Oh, get that out of the way. Thank you for Hillbilly. Um, IT for sponsoring us. Use code ITTWE for 10% off. No. No, ITTWE21. I am always messing it up. It's okay. I'm sorry, everybody. I promise next video I'll get it right. And then we have Mini Active Wear for ITT20 for 20% off. Thank you. Good job. Um, today we have David Ziegler. He is a huge figure in the fitness industry. He is a really famous bodybuilder. And he is, his most prominent um, social media is TikTok at the moment. He's building his Instagram, his YouTube. He's already a really well-known uh, coach in the industry and a competitive bodybuilder himself. Man's is massive. Massive. Last, last season we had Daniel Rajov, which was freaking awesome. And then this season we have David Ziegler, which is freaking awesome. He's obsessed with bodybuilding and fitness, so he had to get somebody else on. I had to get David. And man is super smart. Holy shit. He told me about I was mostly interested in the whole steroid epidemic going on because if you go on TikTok, you have like 13, 14-year-olds posting like, oh, hopping on my first cycle, any opinions? Ah, sick cut nations is. Uh, like, <laughs> like, come on, bro. You're fucking 14. Your wiener's going to get smaller before it even grows. Your balls are never going to drop. Oh, my God. It's only 7.30 in the morning. I'm going to throw some fucking flames out there. This fucking kid, Tristan Lee, man, is ripped. He is peeled. 2% body fat, negative body fat. I don't give a shit. He is 4'7". And he's never going to grow. Like, man's is 4'7". Like, do you want to be peeled and be 4'7"? Is that, like, what people want? If you're listening to this and you're under 18, don't hop on a cycle. Like, it's been so tempting for myself because I've been going crazy in the gym. I just hit 275 on bench. I'm aiming for 300 in the next few weeks. And seeing these fuckers on... it's like one cycle doesn't hurt and they look insane. Like it's, it's, it's crossed my mind. Um, I talked to David about all that stuff and he gave me his opinion and he gave me, if you're going to do it, how to do it correctly. If you're not, I still recommend not doing it. I'm personally going to safely say I'm stuck. Just m- anything I'll ever do is creatine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's as far as, I'll as go. far as I'll go. Creatine and protein and vitamins, but I will, I'm going to stay natural. And it's I don't hate anybody who's not natural. If you're doing it because you love it or you're doing it because it's your sport, your livelihood, your competitor, fucking fuck yeah, dude. Do it. Do it the right way. Yeah, safely, please. Don't do SARMs. Like, do the shit the right way. And David really covers all that stuff and tells you what to do and what not to do. Don't be an idiot. Don't be 17, 18. Don't be fucking you in high school. You don't need to look that rich. Don't be in high school Relax. freaking doing... <laughs> Come on, we could look like this natural kid. Oh my <laughs> I'm god! Kidding. Um, yeah, my little rant. I'm sorry. I, I've I've been pretty like mellow in these intros. I, I this trick gets on my <laughs> it gets on my that. nerves. These fuckers, twelve year olds, fucking fuck. I, I on better news, time. we got another mascot. Oh, we have a little announcement. The week of October, we're calling. Uh, 
we're calling it. Halloween. Halloween. Uh, we have three episodes coming out that week. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Yes. Each Halloween themed. And Spoiling you guys a little bit. This dude, he will be in the videos just hidden somewhere. So if you see him, point him out in the comments. But replacing him will be Jeffrey's skeleton. Okay, put him back. That's, okay. that's enough. They see that now. Anyway, we're really excited for Halloween. It's going to be really fun. We have three really cool episodes and a really interesting guest on Friday. That Friday. Not yes. this Friday. Um, Till then, enjoy all these awesome episodes we have. Next week, the episode coming out on Monday. I'm so excited. This has been such a long intro. Holy shit. It's okay. I got a chance to interview Ben Lamb and George Church, who are the uh, owners of or the head runners of Colossal, which is a huge gu- um, uh, company that is bringing back the mammoth. Like they are already on. It's not like they're going to try to. They are doing it. Like this is they've been all over CNN, Good Morning America, and I got the chance along with another rep- couple of the reporters from around the world to interview them. It was and pretty dope. I got to ask them some really awesome questions. So stay tuned for that episode coming on Monday. And then stay tuned for after that episode. We're going to be talking like a little post-podcast thing. So really excited for that episode. Check it out. I'm done talking. Watch the episode. David Ziegler, awesome. Thanks, David, for watching. All of his information, uh, for watching, for being on the podcast. All his information will be in the description below. See Thank you, you on Wednesday. Tell, tell me about um, how your gym construction is coming along. Because that's been something I've definitely been following. And I think it's super cool. Oh, it's crazy expensive to build a gym. It's awful. That's the first thing. Um, but it's coming together pretty well. The floor is in, done, and I think it looks awesome. And that was the biggest thing to have put in. Because now I can just collect stuff, even if it takes me a while. If I find something randomly at a yard sale, I can just throw it down there and I don't have to worry about the foundation or anything. And I went all out on the floor, which I thought was important. There was a bunch of different options. Um, you could get these roll mats that came out. But I got the full-blown gym flooring. It's three-quarters of an inch thick. It is fantastic. It's uh, five-by-eight mats. Each mat, I think, is uh, sells for like $65, $85 like in there. And I had to get 50-some of them. That's uh, crazy. It sucked. But it looks awesome. And then where the dumbbells are, I doubled up and got six of them. I made like a big rectangle. So that big rectangle is like an inch and a half thick of rubber and it is awesome you can just drop whatever you want and you walk around it feels great so the floor is fantastic i have the dumbbells five pounds to a hundred which is pretty much all i need right now if i want to go crazy crazy i guess i go to the gym and in a couple of years if i find myself needing heavier shit i'll just buy that too but whatever so i have those they're awesome i need stickers i need tons and tons of cool fun stickers to stick all <laughs> over the the racks i probably have a dozen or two on there right now and i love them but i need like hundreds um so send me stickers if you're listening so i have the dumbbells i have the floor i got a free motion machine the cable crossover which is super awesome it's really versatile uh but that's pretty much all i got now and then i have an adjustable flat bench that goes up the incline i have a 90 degree low back bench so i can do like uh overhead french presses and stuff and not have the dumbbell hit the back of the the bench and then I have uh, a hyper hyper extension bar bench, you know, whatever you call that yeah, yeah. machine thing, you know, but you get it and you can do hyper extensions, get your lower back. So I can rock out pretty much everything with dumbbells and cables. 
And next on my list is a bunch of caddy shit, which sucks because I need like to be able to hold the plates and move the plates around. And mm. uh, but I need a bunch of bars, which I'm going to grab soon. But then, um, Steve in Burlington, he has this machine that's a lap pull down, but then it also has a pulley. So you sit on the ground and it has the anchors for your feet, I guess, or the pads, whatever you call for your feet, wherever you put your feet, has those jams. And then you sit on the ground so you can do pulls, uh, rows rather, I should say, lat rows. And then you can sit in the seat and do pull downs, but it's this one machine that's all compact and small that you can plate load it. But it will be the same thing, the same feeling. It'll just fit in my basement really nicely. That's super sick. And that gym is obviously just going to be just for you, private private gym. To yeah, yeah, nobody that's just else. My spot. That's your spot. That's awesome. Uh, no one will have like a membership to it. I'll have guys come out, like guys on TikTok and Instagram and other bodybuilders, competitors, stuff like that. Clients of mine, if they're in town uh, and I'm familiar with them and comfortable with them, definitely come to the spot and work out. But for the most part, yeah, it's just uh, my private commercial home gym and I'm, I'm trying to make it as legit as i can so when i go downstairs or i come into my zone it doesn't feel like my house anymore and it has yeah. everything i need so i don't fucking pussyfoot around and act like a bitch in there and stuff like get shit done but it's nice i don't i don't have to commute i'm still gonna go i still go to the gym yeah you know nothing's gonna really change that far but for the stuff like doing shoulders, biceps, triceps, some chest stuff, some back, everything for the most part, if I don't want to fucking commute, I save like an hour or two that day and drive in and like prep time and all this shit. And that's pretty cool. And it gives me a lot more time during the day, which is helpful. And so I saw you were injured for a while and you're finally on your way back to compete. Yeah. Yeah. I'll probably get back on there in 2022 20, because I'm doing pretty good coming back. I broke my arms like two years ago both of them um and then before that i had four hernias i had to get fixed and then before that i, I was burned and all my skin fell off um but yeah how'd you get so, burned <laughs> oh get... during a campfire accident oh, okay so, just being an idiot yeah we were trying to have this humongous bonfire with uh, christmas trees and such our buddy of ours I uh, used to sell them. And then when the season was over, he would have like 50 trees left over and he would throw them in a big pile in the back of the property. And after a few years, there was this huge pile of Christmas trees down there. They were all dried out. And I was like, bro, like we have bonfire parties all the time. Let me have these. And I want to burn them. And he's like, yeah, of course. So we took like 20, 30 of them, as many as we could get. The only reason we stopped collecting them was because we got in all these bees and stuff like that. I like, started getting stung. But we hauled them all back to the house and we made this bonfire pit that was like 15 feet high. And I was standing on top of the truck because I had to get real up high because it was just fucking so much wood. And I'm dousing this thing with gasoline going crazy. I drop like five gallons on it, drive the truck away, come back with my little Bic lighter. And I go like flick, flick, flick. And the whole thing just like goes up in this big ball of flames. And then receded and was like just a bonfire, a really big one. Yeah. But it was that like initial ball. It like flash burned the shit out of me. So I had oh two uh, second degree burns on everywhere that was exposed skin, like my neck, inside of my face, my arms, from my sleeveless shirt down, my uh, my shins. And then my skin fell off like sheets. It looked like sheets of paper coming off. Oh my God. It was bullshit. Yeah, it just hurt. <laughs> it hurt a ton. It wasn't awful, awful. Like there's way worse burns, like third degree burns. Yeah. Like mine was just enough to hurt like fuck and have like this big inconvenience. Did you get, did you get like those yellow bubbles filled with liquid or no? 
no, I know my skin just kind of fell off. And oh, then it was like um, the under layers of skin were still there. Wow. Yeah. So I looked like, um, like, you know, when you get like a blister and then the blister peels off. Yeah, and yeah it's all red. Pink, slimy yeah. skin. Mm -hmm. That was just me. Yeah. So I had to oh. chill in the burn unit for like two or three days-ish. Um, covered in like silver, which is like antibacterial stuff, I guess. And yeah. uh, I just, until I just, you know, wasn't going to get infections and was, I could care for myself, I guess, because I was fine. I just couldn't touch anything. And I had no yeah. fucking, I was just pink and slimy. That, is, that sounds awful. I had an yeah, experience man. when I was a kid that I burned off all the tips of my fingers the same way because I touched a super hot, uh, one of those like heat lamps also at a, at a campfire, which is funny. We had like a bunch of Wait, heat like, lamps. Uh, like a butane heat lamp to keep everybody warm? No, no. So we had like, uh, we went, we used to go camping all the time. And we had like these really, really powerful lamps that would like just illuminate the entire like camp, campground. It was like the middle of the night, but it would still look super bright. And okay. I, was, I was a kid. So I thought when you turned them off, they immediately went from hot to cold. So sure. the, sec yeah. the second they turned off, I put all 10 my my fingers on it and immediate blisters and all all, every single one of my hands it was awful that does sound awful yours yours probably was it second degree i probably i don't know i was like seven i just remember having like white bubbles on each of my fingers and then they popped and like pus came out and then it was yeah that super pink skin yeah mine was like the same thing like a flash burn mm -hmm. and the outside skin super just enough to hurt like fuck yeah but, but not enough to like cause nerve damage or skin damage. Thankfully. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, thankfully. Yeah. Thankfully. So, okay. So you're on your way back. So what, what does prep look for you right now? And right now I'm just trying to gain weight. So I'm eating as much as I can, which is pretty much um, a focus on protein. And then I eat, I can eat all my protein, which is still hard because I have to eat like, you know, 10 ounces, 12 ounces of meat. I eat that. Then I move into my carbs and my fats and stuff. But if I can eat all of my good food, uh, then I'm just trying to eat as much as I can after that. So normally my meal is like 900 to 1400 calories. And then I try to eat up to like two, give or take, if I can. I saw, your, I try to, yeah. <laughs> I saw your cheat meal the other day. And it was like a pound of steak, eggs, two pieces of toast and a dozen donuts. Yeah, because I was yeah. just so uh, once I eat the, the eggs and the steak, um, pretty much anything past that I can get down, I can get down, you know. That's awesome. So I'm eating like, you know, five, six meals. And if each one's anywhere from 1,200 to 2,000, you know, that gets me right in that like 6,000 to 9,000 calorie mark, which is hard to freaking hit. Yeah. Um, but that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to fuck. Yeah, no, I, I'm. I don't, I want to consider myself trying to become a bodybuilder. I've been definitely, I started hitting the gym like religiously back in November with my best friend and we've been trying to get as strong as we can, as fast as we can. So last November, my bench max was 115 pounds and two weeks ago, I maxed out at 275. Wow. That's as, great. That's like my new, and I'm trying to hit 315 by the end of the year, but in order to do that, I think I'm going to have to put on some weight, which I don't know if I'm prepared to do, and I also don't know if I know exactly how to go about it. Oh, I can take it. Yeah. Eat like fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you read some of the old school books, it's so uncomplicated. If you read the old school guys from like the late 80s and the early 90s, and those dudes were massive. 
And it's pretty much like you have to hit your protein requirement, and that's a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, but then past that, if you can get it in, just freaking eat it. If you start to get fat, yeah, that's one thing. Dial it back. But if you're training hard as fuck, you, you won't get fat. Yeah. For the most that's, part. That's, that's the thing. I, I, we go to the gym five to six times a week. Um, if we do five times a week, we usually play basketball on Saturdays as like our okay. cardio thing. But then yeah. Thursdays, usually we don't do anything. But I'm going to start I'm gonna start doing what you were, what I saw you doing, which is you have like a journal that you've documented every single meal for the past however many years yeah well it, it, it evolved into just the macros so i don't actually write down what i'm consuming i write that or i document that into the fitness pal app i love that yeah. uh, it's by under armor or something like that my fitness pal app i love that so i document the food into that and then at the end of the day i just spit out the calories and the macros and i document that stuff awesome i used to write down all the food um, because I used to, at the end of the day, have to go back and add up all that shit manually. So I'd have to be like, all right, what well, did I have in meal one? Like three pieces of toast. So I have to pull out like a little book that had all the nutritional information that I wrote down from the internet or from some, or from the back of the package or something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I would only eat like the same foods because it was so much easier for me to track the calories and the macros and stuff if I didn't diversify because I had to fucking track everything by hand. It's awful. It was awful 10 some years ago. But yeah, so my fitness pal app makes it super easy. I log the food in there, write down the macros, the calories, all that stuff. And then that's what I use to track like trends and patterns and stuff like that with the food and then the training and shit like that. That's awesome. I need to definitely brush up on my, my dietary needs in, in order to get stronger. Um, my biggest question to you is what do you think of this um, giant wave that I feel came out of nowhere starting this year, maybe that ended last year? which with a bunch of like 15 to 17 year old kids obsessed with SARMs. Oh, the SARM wave. Oh, this SARM happened. Epidemic. <laughs> yeah, this happened 15, 20 years ago with pro hormones. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it, it, like, it will just fade out. You know, like it's like creatine. Like if, I remember back in high school, people would talk shit on protein powder. People would talk <laughs> shit on creatine powder. And it was only because of, ignorance like they just had no idea what anything was they didn't understand what nutrition was what weights was what anything was and they were just regurgitating shit they heard or read somewhere uh, and that's what SARMs are so you get all these kids and they can legally get them for the most part which sets the tone so differently you know because once you can get something legally it's not like steroids or something where it's like oh you have to go through a guy or go through a doctor and do all this blood work. it's like yeah you can just go online for the most part and use your your little debit card or whatever the fuck it is and get some of this shit so it's it's talked about all the time and as much as steroids are talked about and people are accused of and and whatever whatever like SARMs is like fucking 10 times more because all those kids are like oh well you know you can always just go online and get some SARMs <laughs> and it's like you, you fucking stupid ass little kid like you just you sound just as dumb as when you did saying creatine is gonna fucking you know, make me all water weight and, and make fucking my balls shrink. Like, it just sounds like, I, I don't, I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but if they were really interested in performance enhancing stuff, they wouldn't take SARMs. Yeah. You know, SARMs work a tenth of the potency or the, like, you, get, you get a tenth out of SARMs, which you get out of a steroid cycle. And the side effects from the steroid cycle would most likely be less than they would be from the SARM cycle. So I don't know. And anybody who's not 
14 for the most part is going to know that or get figure that shit out really fast. You know what I mean? It's like the same thing. Like a kid will stay up on online for like four hours and read a bunch of bodybuilding shit. And he'll, he'll hear the word trend or he'll hear the word um, synthol or whatever it is. And then for the next two weeks, that's just what he comments and says on every physique he sees that he thinks is a little bit unobtainable. He's like, you can really tell this guy's on growth. Can really tell that that guy's taking insulin you can really tell he's full of synthol and it's like fucking bro we get it you learned a new word yeah but you're fucking 15 16 years old like you're in an industry you're in a sea full of old men who have been doing this for decades bro shut the fuck up just enjoy it like if you want to hang out hang out but grab a pamphlet sit down and shut the fuck up and just soak up as much as you can and stop trying to like dismantle and figure out every single like like dude like do you understand how long it is to train for 10 15 20 years it's like even if somebody did try it's like how many times have you had alcohol how many it's like but we don't call you an alcoholic we don't think like so that's what it is it's just like oh kids talking about shortcuts and stuff and they have one piece of the information because they just started to look into the industry and all and really what they did was they just want to get bigger they just want to be stronger and they don't even realize most of them that there is this entire industry of dudes and girls who are like we've been thinking about this shit and talking amongst ourselves and practicing stuff amongst ourselves since the 30s 1930s welcome to the fucking club put down the mk maybe you would like this maybe you wouldn't but just put down the mk don't worry about the rat over there you know yeah so I, that's all it is it's just kids in high school and shit like that just talking amongst themselves about how to get huge and accusations and nonsense and, and just awful advice left and right is all it is and you will you'll get like you or a couple other kids who are like wait a second like how come that dude looks big for real and the rest of you don't how come this guy has a career and the rest of you don't and how come this guy is actually like speaking about like nutrition 90 percent of the time like is, is that maybe where we should focus at first you know but whatever 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 in your opinion what do you think is the most beneficial pd for oh testosterone is king test testosterone is absolutely king you no olympia physique has been created without the assistance of testosterone that stuff is you can if you have an ample amount of testosterone you can win an olympia you can build any any look you want to it is the strongest anabolic there is now people will listen to this and they'll argue like oh well trend trend is seven times stronger anabolically on the whatever 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 and, and master on the but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter testosterone is king there's Something about testosterone, it does a thousand things. We know it like stimulates the androgen receptor and puts on mass and all that shit. But it does like a thousand things in your body where it makes you it makes you bigger and stronger and, and more of all that stuff. All the other steroids just seem to complement that. Like if you're if you're using Tren or you're using Masterone, that stuff can help pull in more carbohydrates and pour more fluid into the cells and make you look a little harder, make you look a little rounder, maybe. And so, but that's all complementing the initial physique. Yeah. And testosterone is, is responsible every time for dudes gaining a hundred pounds. Yeah. No, no one has put on a hundred pounds from taking trend. And that's what I mean, where you get some kid online and he's like, trend. And it's like, yo, 
15 years of cycling testosterone and other performance enhancing drugs, crazy eating in and out of the gym. We're talking every single, yeah, there's a dude, has he taken trend? Yeah, probably. Why wouldn't he have? I'm sure he's been doing this for years and years and years and years. Like if I've been doing this for 10 years, that's 120 months, right? Mm-hmm. So I've been doing it for almost 20. So that's 240 months, but let's say 120 months. Well, most of us cycle stuff for like the one or two months before a contest. So even like out of all the contests I've done, I've done like, I don't know, uh, 25 of them or so like that. So let's say I did it like, and most of them I did, most of the contests were like week to weekend to weekend. So it's not really, I can probably put five of them in the category of the same two months when I was running something hard like that. So out of the 25 shows, that's probably seven. That's probably seven months. We'll add it. We'll double it just for fun. We'll say 14. So we'll say out of a 120 month career and mine's closer to 200 months. I was probably on trend for 10. Right. Mm -hmm. I can dig it. I can dig it. What's that? Like a 10th of the time, a 12th of the time. So when some kid comes online and he's like, I can tell you're on trend. I'm like, well, I'm when from 2017 in March, (laughs) is that when you could tell? Cause it's not that time now. And that picture that you're saying was trend or EQ or master or just, you're just regurgitating shit you heard online. I took that picture yesterday, bro. So how am I supposed to say like, no, cause I've done all that shit you're mentioning. I've done it all, man. I've tried the insulin. I've tried the growth. I've tried, I've tried it all. What's the worst over one? The, well, over the last 200 months. So yeah. like, when do you, when are you dialing it in, bro? Yeah. That's like me looking at you and being like, you're a fucking alcoholic. Why? Because I had a beer last New Year's? Like, what? I'm not drunk right now. I'm not, I can drive. Leave me alone. Like, you're a fucking, you're, you're a dope addict. Oh, yeah, because I smoked weed in high school. Yeah. I'm a dope addict. That was 10 years ago. So regardless, that's, but yeah, testosterone's king, though. If you have high testosterone naturally or you're like really responsive to testosterone naturally, you're already going to have such a huge athletic advantage. And that's just like the normal guys too. Like if we start adding in more testosterone, like there's studies that show just ample amounts of testosterone, more testosterone, like you gain like 5% lean mass just for almost doing nothing. You know, you don't see that with any other substance, with nothing else. So testosterone, as far as the, like you give a woman testosterone, you have transgender girl, she now a man. (laughs) You know, we, we give a girl Anavar or any other anabolic, she does not turn into a fucking man. Yeah. She's just like, I am manlier. Yeah, but you're not Steven now. Yeah. Like there's something about testosterone for that whole synergenic effect of like mass and strength. And and when you're in the fitness industry and especially bodybuilding and powerlifting, like that's kind of, you know, the whole the whole field. So it's it's always it's always been testosterone. testosterone. Since, since the beginning, since the twenties, since they started figuring it out that they could, you know, get it out of bulls' testicles and dog testicles and shit like that. And then they started synthesizing it in labs and it's always been testosterone's always been king. Always. It always probably will be. That's way more informative than I thought it would be because I've I've heard so many things like you said, trend, I've heard of uh, HGH, I've heard of growth every- is fine. HGH is not the greatest for muscle building. Um, growth is better for like um, losing fat, 
um, retaining muscle tissue, like growth is great. Like if you start using growth, like a few IUs a day, you can diet pretty hard and will help lean you up and get you shredded without really sacrificing a lot of muscle. Um, keep you from getting like going into, um, what's it called? Going catabolic help from that. Um, but it doesn't really build muscle. And cause when it does build muscle, you're trying to get IGF out of it pretty much for that. If you want to use growth to get massive and to get super strong, you're trying to get IGF one. And that is the down thing, a downstream of growth. So you take HGH, it goes to your liver. It turns into IGF one. There are receptors, IGF one receptors in your muscles, just like their androgen receptors. You can fill them up and that helps with atrophy. And that helps with, um, the, the, the argument of hyperplasia, if that's possible or not, has been an argument for the last five years. It looks like it's not possible, but we're not quite still sure. So if you're going with that theory, along with just um, the androgenic, synergenic effect of having like high testosterone, androgenics being stimulated along with the IGF, that's a wonderful, wonderful brotherhood right there. But if you're doing that, the amount that you have to take is like 10, 20, 30 IUs of growth every day. And those are the dosages that require like $50,000 a year. And um, you can have like your heart grow and your organs grow and stuff like that. Cause there's way more receptors in all of those parts of your bodies than there is in your muscles. There's really not that many in your muscles. And then you're trying to open them up and stuff like that and tear them open so that they have a purpose to go there by training hard as fuck and shit like that. But really, you take like a couple IUs of growth, like Jennifer Aniston and shit like that. And like um, all these guys in Hollywood that we love. And they're like, how have they not aged? They look the same as they did. Oh my gosh. Look at Tom Cruise. Well, Tom Cruise uses HGH. But Tom, so does Sylvester Stallone. So does Arnold Schwarzenegger. But there's always Jennifer Aniston. So does Halle Berry. So these, these people in Hollywood, these beautiful people. But they're using like one, two, three IUs of growth a day. Mark uh, Wahlberg. And once you reach the, the age of 20, that stuff naturally starts to decline to the point where you almost really don't even have that much. And then it gets stimulated through heavy training, injuries, hard sleep and stuff like that. So when you're in your 40s and all that jazz and 30s, 40s, 50s and older, and you're adding like one to three IUs, that shit is getting soaked up immediately by your hair, your skin, your nails, like all of these sub surface fucking receptors you know and, and there's even good stuff in your organs like it shows that um there's kidney regeneration and stuff like that with low dosage gh it seems to be all good and gravy but once you get up into like the 10 i use and more you have a ton of igf so yeah like the muscles are what like 20 percent happier than they were that's not a lot yeah. for the risk that you're getting out of it so you, you kind of like you start out real good with all this anti-aging effects and all of this like good skin and nails and you're staying leaner and you're getting leaner and you're holding on to your muscle tissue that you're trying to build with steroids and other things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and you're doing this great job. But then once you start to push down on the, the rev limiter, it just gets so expensive and then fucking kills you, you yeah. know? Yeah. And you can take a lot, like they give AIDS patients like 30 IUs a day. And those guys, you know, most of them don't start to get into the side effect area because of, the the complications of the sickness and stuff but yeah yeah you can't take that much so growth doesn't really build muscle yeah like guys think it does and even if you were taking that much growth to try to build muscle you would still be, be blasting grams of testosterone because that's always king yeah. it's always king 
And what do you what do you think out of all of them is the most detrimental to your body? Like you get the worst side effects or just it's not worth it. Um any oral is not good for you, especially long term. They have different levels of how toxic they are. But just in general, anything that's not like you naturally make testosterone, you naturally make HGH. So if you went to the doctor, we can test those levels. We can look at a normal panel based out of, off of averages of millions of people, excuse me, we can see high normal, low normal, and we can put you in those levels with supplementation or without it. And you can live a whole life like that. Pretty much anything else, when you start adding in Tran or Deca, Anavar, um, fucking EQ, what else is out there? Mastrone, Primabolin, Privirin, uh, all of these different substances. None of them will have a doctor put you on that shit for life. Yeah. You know, they all have different side effects to them. And of course, they're all dose dependent. But that's why you, you got to cycle all that stuff through and like, you know, think about your dosages when you're going to do all that complimentary type stuff. The worst ones would be the heavy stuff like um, a halotestin is awful for you. Uh, no one takes halotestin. No one talks about halotestin. It's an oral. Uh, it makes you insane. Uh, the, the rumor is that Mike Tyson used to chew them up before you get in the ring and then just knock people's fucking heads off. Because uh, yeah, it makes you, if I was ever going to, I would never say steroids make you aggressive, except for how low tested. I would probably say it does. Uh, that was real hard on your inside. So how low testing's hard on your trend is really tough on you. Um, trend makes your blood pressure go up and that puts a lot of pressure on your kidneys inside because it's really delicate. There's a lot of like tubular fucking shit in there that's really delicate and small and filters out shit. So when your blood pressure goes up, it puts a lot of strain on your kidneys without you realizing you go a few years like that. It can be some issues with you. It also does some psychological shit to you. But for the most part, though, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know because I've seen guys use shit for fucking 30 years and not have an issue. And I've also seen guys take shit for fucking five years and die. So I don't know. I, 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 that's why, like, you make testosterone, you make HGH. I'm not a doctor. I know that a doctor will test those limits. Make sure you're in them. Give it to you if you're not. Let you roll like that for life as long as we don't develop complications. Nothing else gets that pass. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. In my opinion, which is my humble non-medical opinion, Halotestin and Tren are probably the two worst, but we're talking about splitting hairs of not being good for you. Yeah, yeah. You know, like DECA's not great for you. I'm sure EQ's not great for you. Testosterone in high dosages is not good for you. Testosterone too low is not good for you. I, so, I heard that, much- that, I, that Isaiah guy that works out at Raw, at the Raw gym with, um, God, what's his name? Uh, Isaiah? Yeah, he, he works out with Bradley Martin at that gym. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That yeah, yeah. His yeah, testosterone yeah. levels apparently dropped all the way down at 27. Yeah, yeah, you come off. I've had mine at 48 before. Sure. And that's part of the, the negative stuff of uh, taking steroids, and especially when you take testosterone. When you, when you take testosterone, you, your nuts make it, right? Yeah. So your, your nuts make testosterone and it circulates through your body. When you start injecting it, 
you're going to have this negative feedback loop where your body is like, fuck, there's a lot of testosterone in the blood. Um, I don't think we put it there, but we must have stopped making it. And then your nuts will make less and less. And eventually they'll stop making it because your body's trying to figure out how it can. It's like, how can I bring down this testosterone in the blood? There's too much. Uh, I'll just stop making it. There it is. Bam. So once that happens, and that happens after like fucking three to six weeks of being on testosterone, it happens to every single person for the most part. If you were to pull out all of the testosterone at that moment, if you went cold turkey, you have no production, you have no supplementation, your, your levels might be damn near fucking zero. That's crazy. That's just the hard truth of the matter. It's like, it's like can, you, can you believe so-and-so drove their car till it ran out of gas? No, that's what fucking happens when you drive your car in one direction for a long ass time. It runs out of gas. So yeah, you could tell me any athlete, any athlete, there's, I know hundreds of them who have had their levels come back at less than a hundred when they were between cycles or trying to come off and get their girls pregnant and stuff. I've seen guys come back less than 10. I've seen so many guys come back less than a hundred big guys too. I can guys on who have competed in Olympias and shit like that. Like wow. the most masculine men you could ever think of have their levels come back. So for him to have it. Yeah, of course, of course, you know, and is that, is that your goal? Uh, Olympia? Oh, probably not anymore. No, no. I'm just hanging out, having a good time. We'll see what how the how the how it goes. That's cool, man. Well, I do have one last question for you. Yeah. What is what is your favorite split? Oh man, yo, so splits, man, fuck making fun of bro splits. Okay. The guys are so mean about bro splits. Bro split is a bro split was is should be called the pro split pro that's what it should have been called because that's what it was adopted from if you've been training for like five or ten years whatever the fuck it is you have your personal physique um you're gonna have imbalances and and stuff that you want to bring up you know like you might want to work on chest more uh, rear delts but not lateral delts who knows all that shit's on your hamstrings so what happened was there was no outlet for bodybuilding. So most of the guys between the sixties and the two thousands got their information from magazines. They were reading pros right out their splits and their splits were their honest splits most of the time. And they were written so specifically for them. You know, it had some dude with small triceps hitting triceps three times a week because he was trying to get his fucking triceps bigger. But then we had 17,000 kids training triceps three times a week. It was, you know what I mean? It was like, that's how it took off. So the bro split was an adaption of people not understanding how to interpret these professional bodybuilders giving their workouts when they were asked by the magazines and stuff. So they were like, that only works if you're on tons of steroids. That only works if you're doing this. It's like, no, that only worked for John. <laughs> John wrote it. And it was for John. I, stop it. Oh, that only works if you take off. No, that only worked for Susan because Susan wrote it. And Susan is a professional artist. She's been doing this for 10 years. Her physique, her training style, her nutrition style is very her. Yeah. It's just like art. When you see art, you're like, oh, that's a Picasso. That's a whoever. That's a whoever. I can tell by the style. Every athlete's the same way. So when you just have that on a piece of paper and you're like, well, you do this on Monday, this on Tuesday. That's dumb. So there's the push-pull split, which is generic and stuff like that. And that's kind of how everybody should really kind of start out. Um, but then 
based off of that, you should develop your own. Um, so maybe you personally like to hit legs twice a week and you can, like me, I can't train legs twice a week. I can do hamstrings twice a week, but if I do quads hard as fuck, I can really only do them once every five or six days. You know, that's not twice a week. That's once every five or six days. It's pretty much once a week. It's a little quicker than once a week, but it's not. I can do biceps, you know, every third day. Uh, so sometimes I do. I can do my one of my delts. I can do my anterior and lateral delts every three days or so. But sometimes it conflicts with my triceps or my chest because I want to be fresh for there. So I have this split that is not set Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It just kind of evolves on, I try to train as often as I can, but not overtrain anything. So if triceps got fucking, like if I came into a tricep workout and I just, just demolished the, the long head hard as fuck and didn't really hit the rest of the tricep that hard for whatever reason, and I did it hard as fuck, like I might not hit it again for six days or it might be four days later and I'll do chest and at the end of chest, I'll try to do a bunch of shit for the medial head and leave the long head alone. You know what I mean? And then it's almost like the long head got a week of rest, but the medial head did not. You know, the medial head got hit twice that week, both once with kind of good intensity, once with great intensity. And, and so it's, it's a, all this evolving type workout where I'm trying to train everything as often as I possibly can, because I'm trying to stimulate as often as I possibly can, but I'm trying to be in this gray area balance of rest. And the thing you have to remember is you're not going to get fucking smaller. You're never going to get smaller. If you're eating all your food and you're pushing the ball forward, the only thing it's going to do is at least roll forward. It won't go down. So it's not like you have to get in there and hit biceps. You have to get in there and hit chest. So if you crushed chest, your chest was stimulated. It's growing and it's been three days. And, and sometimes you can hit chest after three days. Well, today you fucking can't, bro, because you did such a good job last time. It's not going to get smaller. It might get smaller if you overtrain it, but just fucking... Like, don't stress about it. Do something else. Do, do lateral, like do lateral delts, you know, do yeah. triceps, do biceps, do chest tomorrow, but don't force anything because you'll never get smaller. Even if you didn't do fucking shit that day because your, your whole morale was blown and your nervous system was all shot and you felt like fucking shit. Just take the whole day off. At worst, you'll just maintain what you have already at worst, as long as you're just eating and stuff like that. Now, if you totally, totally throw in the towel and you, you're taking week off and you're not eating your food and you're not goal oriented and minded. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to fucking suck. But if you're pushing that ball forward and it's week after week, month after month, do a day is a drop in the fucking bucket. You know what I mean? Like if you did two chest workouts a week, let's say you did one chest workout a week. That's, um, that's, uh, uh, What's fuck? I can't think right now. If you did four a week, that would be um. Wait, you did it every week. If you trained once a week, chest, you were trained four times a month. So it's 12, 24, uh, 36, 48. That's 48 times a year you're gonna train chest. Okay, almost 50. So if you were able to do it twice a week, give or take, you're at a hundred, give or take. So if you're gonna train chest, let's break that in half about 70 times a year. Okay, because sometimes you did it twice a week, sometimes you did it once a week. You can do it 70 times in that fucking year. You're not like how many people do you see grow from every single workout? They just don't. Like you see guys come into the gym and they work out for like a few weeks, six months, and they get like all these cuts and stuff and they build that 
that body. Then they pretty much hold that for like two years. And then they slowly get growth later and later and later. And that's because once you get to that point where your body has been like pushed against resistance and especially like calculated resistance, like you're thinking about your workouts, you're thinking about your reps, you're thinking about your sets. In the beginning, you can grow by just picking up a dumbbell. Because you went from picking up a pencil to picking up a dumbbell. Your body's like, fuck, man, this is heavy. It compensates, it grows. All those signals are sent. But eventually, once you, especially once you start getting all your ducks in a row, uh, your food's good, your, your fucking supplementation is good, your training is good, and then you're putting effort into the training. You're trying to train harder and harder and harder and harder. Eventually, progressive overload is not really a thing anymore because you can't mimic what you did previously because you've been setting yourself up so perfectly for every fucking workout so even though you're trying as hard as you can eventually every workout is not going to be productive anymore and you're just not going to get growth out of it it's not going to be the same anymore we see that all the time we see it in the beginning a kid will get so much growth out of three workouts and then have 20 where nothing happens because he grew in the first six weeks but then didn't grow for six months and you're like man like He's like, I'm just trying to get this shoulder. It's like, but you got that shoulder kind of quick in the beginning. And that's because you grew progressive overload. Like we talk about, you know, overload, overload, compensation, compensation. But eventually you get all those fucking ducks in a row. And you creating that amount of intensity, the amount of work, the amount of overload you need to grow again, to get stronger again. And it's a hard thing to capture again. It's like you're playing tag and your opponent gets faster every time you catch them, right? Like, you're like, fuck, what do I do? And that's why when all your ducks are in a row, you will not get smaller. Your ducks are in a row. You're not going to get smaller. But you taking the time to really set up everything to have the perfect workout. You know, you're rested. You're not hungry. You're hydrated. You're feeling good. You go in there. That's when magic happens. And you grow again, you get stronger again. And then, yeah, you might have a week or two or a month or a year or six years where you are maintaining, even though you're trying not to maintain. You're still trying to push the envelope, but you're trying to catch lightning in a bottle at this point. Yeah, It's very fucking tricky. So it's a big difference between the beginning of the career, the middle of the career. But if you're like, like, like if you're in the swing of it and, and you've been doing a good job and you are doing a good job and you're thinking about these things, you won't get smaller. You know, I, I rambled a lot during this podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's perfect. Exactly what we want. But 